good Sunday after uh, Christmas, uh, Life Church Utah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. It is so good to have each one of you here this morning, and uh, thank you uh, for braving the beautiful weather <laughs> of Utah for uh, for the Sunday after Christmas. So, how many of you had a good Christmas? muted response, but that's good. We'll take that as a good thing. So that's, uh, that is great. Yeah, Christmas, uh, as I said, man, what a fantastic year to celebrate a Christmas like no other. And uh, hopefully by the end of today's message, uh, we'll have a completely different perspective on uh, where we are and what we're looking forward to for uh, 2021. Uh, because 2020 has been a strange year and that's okay. And uh, we're going to make it through the next four days, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I uh, want to let, give you a heads up really quickly. Starting next Sunday uh, will be a new series. It's called On Your Mark, and we're going to be going through the book of Mark uh, from, uh, from January all the way through till Easter, actually the week after Easter, taking a look at the life of Christ uh, through the eyes of uh, Mark, who wrote, uh, wrote the gospel of Mark. You're not going to want to miss it. I really believe this is um, uh, going through this gospel is going to challenge us. It's going to uh, put us in a position to recognize the responsibility that we have as followers of Christ. And you're going to see a side of Jesus, hopefully, through the book of Mark uh, that's really going to be um, uh, powerful for you to put in action in your lo- own life. So make sure you are here next week for the start of our new series, On Your Mark. So can't wait for that. All right. Have you ever finished first in a race? Raise your hand real quick if you finished first in a race before, like maybe let's say like a foot race or something like that first. Maybe you were on a team that finished first and you, know, and you were there on the team even though you sat on the bench, but you're still part of the team and you finished first. All right, good, good. Raise your hands again, everybody who finished first in one way, shape, or form. Look at that. How many of you have never finished first? Go ahead and raise your hand. All right, good. Yeah, that's a larger number of people. I'm in that boat as well. But there really is something about finishing first, isn't there? For those who've ever experienced that, there's... Uh, I don't even know what it is. There's something, maybe it's our human nature, the the good and the bad and the ugly, right? But like, I finished first. And and you put all of this work into accomplishing and the sacrifices that you make for practicing. And and, uh, there's something about finishing first that I think uh, we really enjoy, whether it's receiving that prize, that medal, uh, you know, maybe recognition, whatever that is, it's finishing first. There's something uh, about that. And then especially we like the come from behind underdog wins, right? There's something about that as well that, that is so much more appealing. I don't know why that is. We root for the underdog so many times. Um, I, uh, uh, you love watching those. If you've ever watched um, track races, a lot of underdog uh, kind of finishes happen there. A few years ago, my daughter Kayla, she ran for University of Colorado, Colorado Springs in 2018, I think it was. And uh, she was running at the Roy Griak Invitational. Uh, there were about three to 400 runners, I think, in the class that she was running in. And And uh, it was a come-from-behind win, and Kayla won that race, and it was so fun. Uh, The commentators are are commenting about the race, and they're like, oh, there's a a third-place runner coming in as charge. We're not even sure who that is. (laughs) I'm screaming, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. Right? They had no idea who she was, and here she was, and she comes along. It was a fantastic finish. I've got it. I've got it on video afterwards if you want to come see it with me again. I relived that moment. It was just, uh, just fantastic. So, but right, we love, we love that whole idea of finishing in first place. Standing in that moment of victory can be overwhelming, right? Because you realize all of this work that I did to put, put into it finally paid off. Um, 
I don't know if I've ever finished first. I'm, I'm trying to think back in, in my memory. And as I get, I'm so old now at 50 that, you know, the memory starts to wane a little bit, right? And I, I don't think I've ever finished first. But uh, last year, uh, when I was training for an ultra marathon that never happened uh, because of coronavirus, uh, I, was, I ran uh, right before the missions uh, weekend that we had last year in March, ran a half marathon. And uh, I was 45th place. And that was first place to me, right? I'm like, I have crossed the line. This is so exciting. And you would have thought, by the way, I was responding and dying on the ground trying to catch my breath that I had won this thing, but I didn't. 45th place. Yes. That was great. Like fifth in my age class, though, so I was excited about that. Fifth in the old person's class. Um, But, you know, just something about winning is so powerful to us. The problem is this year has felt far from a victory for many of us, right? Uh, This year has felt far from complete, and it's like there's this missing component uh, to all of this year. And I don't want to keep going back to how strange this year has been. You're like, come on, we've heard about that over and over and over again. But this year really has led to some, some to believe that victory is elusive. Uh, Some of you have been, uh, it's produced some of the greatest challenges that we have faced as followers of Christ in a generation, I say. Um, just uh, dealing with the church and honestly, attendance at church and that, that sense that uh, some have fallen away from their faith because all of a sudden church and the experience was taken away and the faith, you know, whatever. So we know that there's been some uncertainty and it's been a big test for us. It may feel like this journey has led to a destination to nowhere, like just walking around in circles all these last nine months. And I've got to admit, um, for those who know me, and uh, I mean, many of you do, I just, I, I'm an eternal optimist. There's, there's a side of me that is just, uh, I mean, I trust people implicitly and explicitly. I, I, I bend towards trust and optimism and all of that. But there have been times in this year that I have felt darkness wrap around my heart. And I'm like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? I'm an optimist. I I believe the best. And yet it weighs heavily upon us. Anybody there, right? I mean, we, we, I know I'm not alone um, in that sense for me. And it's strange for me to admit that as this, you know, optimistic individual that the weight of this year has seemed to just overwhelm at times. Um, so what I want to do today, as I was reading through the word this uh, past couple of weeks, I'm like, Lord, there, there's got to be more than just looking back and realizing that it's been a tough year. God, there's, there's got to be something that we can look forward to in uh, 2021. And I would say in these last four days, counting today of this year, I think God wants to change our mindset a little bit. So I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you've got your Bibles or your smart devices, uh, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. Because as I was reading, it's, it's like when we read the Word of God, uh, hopefully something changes within us. Now, one of the core values we have at Life Church Utah is a, uh, really a deep and a fierce commitment to biblical truth. I mean, we're going to look to the Bible to find our truth and nowhere else. And so, uh, so as I was looking into the Word, it reminded me um, that when we read it, we should be changed by what we read. I was having coffee earlier this week with a, a friend of mine who attends here at, uh, at Life Church. And in talking with him, um, a couple of years ago, went through an incredibly difficult time uh, in, his, in his life personally, in his family's life, and uh, dealing with loss of a, uh, loss of a child, and, and walking through that. And, and by his own admission, over these two, this two-year period of time since this happened, uh, he was telling me, and, and I've known this, but he was telling me again this week, that first year right after all this happened, the place that he turned to was alcohol. 
That, that was the place that he turned in that first year right after this loss. And people noticed it and it, I mean, it affected him, affected marriage, affected parenting, I mean, all of those things. But that was, I mean, the depth of the sorrow felt like this is the only place that he could turn. But as that year kind of rounded up and then this year, there's been a change in where he has turned. Now, he's been a Christian for a long time, been part of the church for a long time, but for whatever reason, however this all worked out in his own life, he said, I, I've got to turn to the word. I, I've got to turn to the Bible. And so he began, I would say devour is probably the right word, devouring the Bible and reading it and finding in that a strength that he had never found before. Now, is this to say that it's been perfect in his life since he did? No, absolutely not, right? How many of you are perfect? Anybody? Anybody? Here, any, nope, nobody, no hands raised, that's good, right? Uh, none of us are perfect, and so, uh, so even in his own life, by admission, it's like, I'm not, not there yet. But what has happened within him has been this beautiful story of God bringing hope and strength through his word, and this is that core value of what we have. And so as I've been reading the word and realizing there is more to this, and, and the title of our message, uh, right, is, uh, is victory and blessing today, because there's victory and blessing for us. And so um, as he was reading it, or as he was telling me the story about it, I was thinking that it really is a beautiful picture of long-term healing in our lives, Right? Sometimes we want that healing in our life right now. We want that miraculous, boom, healing. But for him, it's been this kind of step-by-step step as God has brought him out of darkness and really into the light through his word. And God patiently drawing all of the time. How many of you are glad that God is patient with you? <laughs> right? I, am, uh, I am so glad he is patient with me. So what is it about faith that motivates us? And for this uh, friend of mine, this, this faith has led him into a deeper walk with the Lord through his word. What is it about faith that motivates us? Why do we press forward against the odds when we feel like we are the underdog against the world that is pressing in around us? And I think where this comes in for me is this idea of perspective. That, that God has given or should, God is able to give us a new perspective on this year that we have already endured for the last nine months uh, and we are turning this corner and we feel it and there's a, a sense of hope, I hope you have for 2021, that things will be different. But my question is, uh, this life, the years that we have been granted on this earth, this life, the one that we're living is this it, right? Is, is this all that we are living for right now? And as we end this uh, 2020, the, the year that most of us probably want to forget in some way, shape, or form. Anybody want to forget uh, 2020 ever happened? Just kind of block it off there. I remember at the beginning of the year, a lot of churches, we didn't do this, but, you know, 2020, the year of vision and, you know, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's a, man, it's like a blinders got put on a lot of times for 2020 for a lot of us. Um, but what can we squeeze uh, from these last four days of 2020? How can we squeeze victory and blessing out of these last days looking forward to what 2021 is for us? Paul writes to a, to a church in the city of Corinth in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this church was uh, struggling with, I think, the same thing that we struggle with a lot of times is... Um, this life that we live, is this all that there is? In fact, one part of it, I'm not going to read it today uh, in, in the reading I'll be doing, um, but one of the things that Paul challenges the church on was that the perspective that they had was eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. That was their idea that this world, this life right now is all that there is. 
But Paul wants to give us a different perspective. At the end of uh, the passage that I'll be reading today, at the very end of it, he has this one scripture verse that I think is, is uh, kind, of like, um, kind of like a praise right in the middle of his thoughts. And he says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he ends this whole section with that phrase, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of our time today, when, um, when I'm walking through the scriptures, I'm going to reread that verse, and I think it's going to have a new meaning for you uh, today when we get there. So what was Paul so excited about? What led him to this point to have this great doxology, this great uh, word of praise right in the middle of this letter that he was uh, writing uh, to the church? So just before proclaiming this victory uh, for the church, he's correcting that, this view that the church had, that they had slid into, that is so easy for us to fall into that this life is all that there is. And I think this year especially has kind of uh, made us pretty myopic, potentially, kind of short-sighted in what life is all about because we've seen like we've gone in the cycle and the circle over and over and over again. So he starts in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm not going to read this part of it, with a retelling of the story of Jesus. He gives a very, very quick synopsis, the power of his life, his death, and his resurrection. The fact that Jesus had died for their sins and that this was the story that had transformed Paul's life. This was the story that was transforming their life through the grace that God extended to them. And he starts off with that story of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, that's the best place to start off any story that you're telling about your own life is start off with the story of Jesus and what he has done for you. Then he gets to the point, some in the church have forgotten that there's more to this life than this life. <laughs> that there's more to this life than what we see around us. There's more to this life than the physical, the emotion, the, uh, the, the power structures. There's more to this life. And they, the church, had pushed aside the reality that true life is actually after this life. <laughs> it's not to say that this life is meaningless because this life absolutely is the most meaningful thing that we have right now, but this is not all that there is. It is this perspective that Paul drives home and one that we need to re-engage with for us, I think, to look forward to 2021 to be a year of victory and blessing in our own lives. And this is what uh, Paul drives point, uh, this point home in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19. He says, For if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we should be pitied more than anyone. That seems like a really strange statement uh, that Paul is putting. Shouldn't we have hope in this life, right? But Paul is saying there's more, right? He says, for if only in this life we have hope. If only in this life we have hope, we should be pitied. Why is that? Because of this one word that we usually reserve for Easter, and that is the word resurrection. Because when Paul was sharing the life of Christ, he talks about the death or the life, the death the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And so many times we forget this fact of our faith and we can become miserable and uh, we should be pitied more than anyone if this life is all that there is. So Paul continues to set out hope that is beyond this life. You see, sin came through a man, 
through Adam and his actions in the first chapters of Genesis. And we have, since that time, lived under that influence in our own lives, that influence of sin. We find ourselves guilty of sin on our own, right? We, we, we find ourselves under that pressure of this world around us, and sin seems to ravage, and we see its effects all around us. But we have Jesus. And when we are in Jesus, things begin to change. And I know some of you, I'm looking around and I know some of your stories and I love the fact that I know your stories and know that when Jesus entered in, things began to change. 1 Corinthians 15, 21, it's kind of a continuation of the story. It says, for since death came through a man, the man Adam, the resurrection of the dead also came through a man, Jesus. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all all will be made alive, right? Amen. I mean, that is, that is a truth that we have in our faith. As Adam sinned, we all sinned. And as Christ was raised from the dead, so all in Christ will be raised. This life is not all that there is. You see, we often talk about this, and I've been very guilty of this, that this next passage of Scripture I'm going to read, uh, I usually reserve for funerals, right? Because, you know, in those moments of funerals, and if you've, if you've been a part of any of the uh, funerals that I've done here at Life Church or out of the cemeteries, I, I usually will read this verse because it gives us hope. But why do we only talk about it in moments like that? We should talk about it now. Because it's this verse that I'm going to read to you that brings victory. There's a blessing associated with the promise that we have that this life is not all that there is. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 51. It says, we will not all sleep. Now, this word sleep uh, is a, a euphemism for death. Uh, there's often in the Bible... Um, the word sleep replaces the word death. It just softens it a little bit and kind of the way that they would refer to it is a sleep. So we will not all sleep. Remember, this is for those who are in Christ. But we will all be changed in a moment, in the blinking of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. So this is the idea of that, that resurrection when, when uh, this life that we live now pales in comparison to the life that will be. And this life that we live now is absolutely vital for what our life will be after this life. Paul goes on to say this. He says, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Um, I don't know about you, but death still stings now. Right? It feels right now that death still has victory. Um, a few days ago, my grandmother, who's 99 and a half years old, she passed away. And... Uh, 
you know, thinking about that, and obviously the whole family were like, can she make it to 100, right? I mean, that was kind of our thing, and we were going to, we planned a big celebration in June, and probably still will have that celebration uh, in June of this, uh, this coming year, uh, celebrating her, you know, 100th birthday. But she passed away. There is a sting that's still associated with death. But Paul is speaking beyond this life, that there's a victory that we have that we can't get our eyes off of. And that's why, and I, and I love this, that's what leads Paul to this proclamation that I read already. He says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No more does death have power over us. No more does death sting us, right? Because God has through his son, Jesus Christ, given us new life. Death cannot defeat us. It can't. Now we might die, but death doesn't have the final word. This is a promise that we have as believers that these bodies that will decay and fall away and break and are breaking right now. How many of you feel your body breaking, right? <laughs> we feel that, right? Wake up and your feet hurt and your hips hurt. And okay, it just happens. These bodies that decay, these aren't our final bodies. There is a resurrection and a hope awaiting us. We have a hope beyond this life that gives us something that the world will never understand. And here's the important part of what Paul is, uh, what Paul drives home uh, in this, um, in the scripture, is that because there is life beyond this life, it doesn't make this life meaningless. In fact, it makes this life that much more meaningful. Because, folks, there are so many people that don't have the promise that we have who are following Christ, for whom death is the final answer, for whom the sting of death will never go away. And that's why Paul, in, in, uh, in this belief in the resurrection, leads us to, and this is a, a phrase from a while ago, but the belief in the resurrection leads to a purpose-driven life of service for the Lord. We know that our service for him will not be in vain because we are on the winning side in the battle of life. Though we all struggle at times, the battle against sin and Satan is worthwhile because in the end, they will be defeated. <laughs> this is our victory in Jesus Christ. And so there are some of you here today who are, or maybe some who are joining us online um, who are struggling with victory. You, you feel that defeat on a regular basis in your own life. Maybe there is a, a sin that has entangled you that through these nine months has seemed to gotten deeper into your heart and it seems like you cannot get the victory over it. I believe today that God wants to bring victory in your life. Because folks, we have the ultimate victory already sealed. It's already done because of what Jesus did on the cross. Sometimes though we fail to live in that victory today through the power of the Spirit that he gives us that strength to do that. Um, so the knowledge of the, well, but the reality of the resurrection can lead us to embrace victory in Jesus now, right? And how do we live a victorious life now? We live by serving him. We live by following Jesus Christ. And so this is what Paul says in verse 58. He says, so then, dear brothers and sisters, be firm. Do not be moved. 
always be outstanding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stand, right? Isn't that what Paul is asking us to do? That we stand in the face of the difficulties and the struggles of this world, and we say, Lord, we cannot live this life on our own. We are struggling, we are hurting, we are broken, but through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, folks, we can live this life on purpose. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet here as we uh, have a first closing. <laughs> have a couple closings uh, today. There are those of you who are here this morning who are struggling with victory. And you feel that defeat has just been so powerful in your life. <laughs> and you feel that that defeat is yours. I'm here to tell you that defeat does not define you. But the cross of Jesus Christ and the victory, that defines you when you are in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And here's what I want to start off with. You are here this morning, or maybe you are watching online, and you realize that your life is not in Jesus Christ. You realize you've been trying to do this on your own. You've been trying to find your own way, and, and maybe a family member invited you today, and this is your first time to ever be in church, maybe your first time ever uh, watching online, and you would say, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you've been part of the church for a long time, but you've never fully surrendered your life to Christ. And because of that, you cannot experience the victory that he has for you. If that's you and you'd say, I need Jesus in my life, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand very quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Keep those hands raised just for a moment so I can see all of them. Thank you up in the balcony. Thank you so much. Online as well. I know there, there might be some of you online as well. Here's what I want to do, and this is that moment of victory for, uh, for you who raised your hand this morning. I'm going to invite all of us to just pray a very, very simple prayer of victory over sin and death uh, this morning as we follow after Jesus. So if you raised your hand or, or if you did not, I'm going to invite everybody to repeat a very simple prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing me victory, for forgiving my sins, for dying on the cross for me, Jesus, help me to live for you, to find hope in you, and to defeat the enemy in my life. Jesus, thank you for victory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's welcome those who prayed this morning. Thank you so much. I'm excited because... What we're going to do next is we are going to proclaim victory over those areas of defeat in your life, right? And so there are some of you who feel defeated in the way that this, this, uh, this year has unfolded, and you would say, I need victory in my life. Maybe there's a victory needed in a marriage. Maybe there's victory needed in your family or something at work or something at school, something internal to you. And you would say, Pastor, today, I need victory in my life. There is a struggle, right? Can you just lift your hand really quickly, right? I believe that the resurrected power of Jesus Christ can bring victory now into your life because this is what God has called us to live by is that victory. Amen. Look at that. Look around real quickly. Look at all these hands that are raised saying, I need a victory in my life. So Father God, we present to you, God, our raised hands. Lord, we need a victory.
victory, Lord, today. God, start it today within us, Lord. I'm so grateful for those who already raised their hand for salvation. And God, we rejoice in that. But Lord, there are others of your children, God, sons and daughters who have walked in defeat this year so far. But God, in these next four days and leading into 2021, God, we proclaim victory through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, that this is a promise that is for us, a promise, oh God, that you've called us to live in, Lord, because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. And so, Father, we proclaim victory where there was defeat. God, where there has been fear in this year, God, let faith arise. God, where there's been brokenness, Lord, replace it with wholeness in Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us to live in the knowledge that the resurrection is waiting for us. And so God, we have to live now for your glory and for your kingdom. Be led by your spirits, Lord, that we can walk in victory because this world around us is in such desperate need, Lord. God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, Lord, for the victory that you bring to us. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. I think it'd be a great sign of faith. We give God praise. Lord, thank you for the victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this word victory, right? This is what I am praying and believing for, for 2021, for Life Church Utah, uh, for you as individuals, for you as families. And uh, speaking of families, um, what I would like to do as we close out this morning is... uh, I want to pray a blessing over you as families. Now, uh, I know some of you have got children that are in with our kids and uh, they're praying over your kids at the end of the service today and asking God's blessing on them uh, since they're not in here with us and I've asked our leaders to do that. But I want to pray over families. You might say, well, pastor, I'm single and I'm here by myself. You have a family, right? This is the family of God. Um, And so however you fall in this whole category of families, if you're here alone, your spouse is not with you, you've got your kids here with you, whatever it is, your spouse is here, I'm going to just ask for you um, in just a moment when we ask God's blessing to be upon you man get close to them snuggle up to them wrap an arm around them uh, because I want God's blessing to rest upon everyone that is here as we end out 2021 those who are online as well man participate in the blessing that God wants to uh, to bring I'm also thinking about, uh, so all of these are prayer requests uh, that were turned in uh, when we did the, uh, the feeding. Uh, the, we gave out the meals, uh, the, what was that, last Tuesday. And there, this represents hundreds of people that put in requests saying, I need to see blessing in my family. There are requests for jobs. There are requests for healings of marriages. There's requests for physical healings. All of this, this is our community around us of people that were desperate and were in a position where we could answer that call at least for, uh, for the meal for Christmas. But beyond that, folks, we are pray- this is who we're praying for as well and asking God's blessing to rest on them. So as we conclude this uh, as we conclude this service and really our last service for 2020, um, I believe it is God's heart to bless. We see this over and over and over again in his word and he proclaims blessing. He proclaims hope and peace. 
And uh, so as we sing this last song, as we sing the song, it's called The Blessing. I know we've sung it before. But uh, be in this position of receiving from the Lord. Be in this position of saying, God, I receive a blessing from you, a blessing on on my family. We're going to sing through this song. And then at the end of it, I'm going to come up for one final prayer. And so, uh, man, let this be a moment of worship for us as uh, together we, uh, we sing God's blessings.
verse 24 through 26 says the Lord bless you and protect you the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his face to you and grant you 
peace. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, and, the Lord, and, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Ephesians 1, 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, right? These are the blessings that God has for us. when we are in Christ. And so let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Father, I am uh, I'm so grateful, Lord, as pastor of this church, Lord, that I can proclaim your blessings, Lord, upon this congregation. And God, not only upon this congregation, but Lord, uh, I believe, Lord, for our community, that God, you want to cause your blessing to flow to our community, God. And Lord, the needs that we have, Lord, the blessings that we stand in desperate need of, Lord, that it's your joy to pour out your spirit upon all flesh, God, upon men, upon women, Lord, upon uh, the young and the old. And the Lord, we receive the blessing of your presence, Lord, in our lives. God, I ask that your face would shine upon us, that, Lord, you would grant us your peace, that, Lord, your grace would mark every conversation that we have, that, Lord, your blessings would, re would, uh, would rest heavily upon all the families of Life Church Utah, that, God, we would live this life in the understanding that this life is not all that it is, but, God, there is more to this life because you have given us eternal life through what you did on the cross. And, Lord, there is a resurrection awaiting us as your believers. So Father, help us to live our lives in such a way as to bring glory to you. God, help us to live our lives in such a way as that Jesus is manifest in and through us. And that Lord, we are your hands and feet extended to a dark and a broken world. Lord, we praise you this day. Ask, oh God, for your blessings again to rest upon your people and upon your family, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful and holy name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, real quick before we go, if you raised your hand earlier uh, for made a decision for Christ, whether it's a first-time decision or it's uh, uh, this is a kind of a rededication for you, there's a green card in the seat in front of you. If you would be so kind as to fill that out and then get it to one of our ushers or to our information table, this way we'd have an opportunity to follow up on uh, with you and get you connected so that your faith can remain strong. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. See you next year.